0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Woo! It's over. Call it a day. The Edmonton Oilers are moving on to round two of the NHL playoffs. So quote Russell Crowe, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Edmonton wins 5-4, wins the series four games to two In a very dramatic game, but before we get in-depth on all things Game 6, Edmonton, LA, a word from our friends at Sports Interaction. Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal. From all your favorite teams and players, like Kalyan Moto scoring a big late series winning goal (laughs) with competitive odds. The best live in play and more ways than ever to get into the game. Like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus and please play responsibly. All right, first things first, Oilers fans. How are you feeling? How are your emotions? How's your heart rate right now? I'm sure there's many in the chat room right now who are just absolutely loving life right now. It was a night in which not only did the Oilers win, of course, we saw earlier game over Toronto, Leaf fans enjoying Toronto, finally getting to the second round. And for the second year in a row, the Edmonton Oilers in dramatic fashion, knock off the LA Kings in an opening round series. And you know what? It felt like it was meant to be. How else would you have wanted this series to go? We always knew the LA Kings were not going to go down without a fight. We knew they were going to be a very determined hockey club with guys like Ken Fiala, Adrian Kempe, Anze Kopitar. I called on on multiple shows. Edmonton and six. It was not going to be a dog. It was not going to be a K-pop for the Oilers. And this game, once again, showed the fight in the Kings. For a third game in this series, Edmonton, we saw, had a multi-goal lead, and the Kings said, oh, nice multi-goal lead you got there, Edmonton. Yoink, that's going to be gone pretty soon. We saw that once again, Edmonton couldn't find ways to put away L.A., but at the same time, Connor McDavid strikes early in this game. And when Connor is feeling it, That's a tough guy to slow down. Scores in the first five minutes of this game. But the Kings have a reply for them. But I got to say, what a series for Mr. Clean Costin. What a game for Clean Costin. Two goals tonight, unassist, a three-point game. A guy who was pretty much a castaway from the LA, from the um, St. Louis Blues in that deal. A guy who people... Didn't really think too much of when he was traded away from St. Louis. And he's now pretty much a folk hero. The guy is pretty much a folk hero in Edmonton. He comes in, first one of the first days in Edmonton, has, has a little laugh with the Edmonton media and Jim Matheson, scores goals, becomes a beloved figure for this franchise, among the fan base, on and off the ice. And now he's scoring big postseason goals. How can you not be in love with what he's done in the bottom six of this Oilers forward core, it's amazing. And I see the chat going down tonight. Yes, it is a it's a solo show. Me, yours truly, Avery here, pulling down the fort on Game Over Edmonton. And I see, whoa, oh, the chat room is bumping all the regulars down in here. We got MGD, we got Francisco Frankie in here. All the people who hop on every night for Game Over, Eric Tanner, so many people who are have been the regulars of game over Edmonton this entire season. And they're all fired up. They are all happy. And they have good reason to be now. They have good reason to be. And I do want to jump as my ring light turns way too bright out of the blue. Sorry, gang. I'm going to fix that. That's, that's a live programming. I don't know why my ring light's acting funny. Hang on. I'll try it. I really wash out with that light. Okay, a little better. But, <laughs> okay. So I want to say... Before we get to all the highs and lows, I want to say, first of all, Kao Yamamoto. I saw, he had a tough series early on. You could tell he was struggling. He had chances in earlier games in this series. Things weren't going his way. But how fitting is it for him, though, in this game? Even before his game-winning goal, we saw him get in behind the LA defense. A little lob play from Costin, Almost got a shot in net to beat Salo He was getting his chances in this game. And then, in this tied game, Yamamoto comes from behind the net. And in a game like this, we already saw LA get two power play goals from just getting pucks on net. When there's traffic in front of the goaltender, you have to find ways to get shots on net. Corpus, I mean, we saw earlier, Stewart Skillet let in a goal on a power play, the Kempe goal, sorry, not Kempe goal, Daddy goal. Couldn't see, screen. You could tell Stewart couldn't see what happened there on the power play goal, LA score. And again, Kalyama comes out in front, just gets a little wrister on, lobs on to Sala with at least 45 people in net. I'm sure it was Will Ferrell in front of that as well, too. He gets it on net, and it beats Corpusala top shelf. Those are the kind of goals that find ways to win you a playoff series. And it gets that monkey off his back. It gets that weight off his back after how this year has gone for him. I'm happy for him. The small sky on the ice, Stan Edmonton, to round two, where they will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. And if you're ESPN, if you're TNT, finally, after almost 10 years of waiting, you're getting McDavid and Ico in a postseason series. Game one's going to start. Game one and game two will go down in Vegas, kick things off. But man, that is money. That is a money series right there. It's something that I think a lot of people are waiting for for quite some time. Edmonton, Vegas, to finally meet in the postseason, and now we're gonna get it. Now it's finally going to happen, and I'm excited for it too. And even though, and Ve- again, Vegas is a very well-rounded team as well. I know people are talking about, oh, what about Laurent Rosswal? I Vegas has had how many goaltenders this year, and they still found a way to get to the second round. That is a team that scares me. The team can roll five, six, seven goaltenders and still find ways to win. That's a team you cannot take lightly. Because again, there's still Laurent Brassois. It's still uh, Jonathan Quick. That's a team you cannot take lightly at all. But it's going to be a very uh, fun series to watch. But this is a game in which I mentioned how the LA Kings showed absolutely no fight, no quit. Look at the shot totals. LA almost doubled the shot total of Edmonton. The Kings got so much traffic on front on Stuart Skinner. It was it was a challenging night, and we saw when Edmonton was up 4-3. I felt bad for Stewart not only because of what was clearly a misplay. His stick broke. His stick broke on that sequence into so the Kempe goal to tie things up. And as a goalie, that's got to be just an awful feeling in which, yes, you're scored upon, but a goal in front of your net after a clearing attempt happens because your stick snaps on you. That has to be a bad feeling, but knowing Stewart, he's the kind of goaltender in which he's gonna let that wash off his back. Especially now, the fact that they won this game, he's the kind of goaltender in which this will be a thing of the past. He will not dwell on it, and that's a really big thing about Stewart Skinner. As a rookie, he has a great mind when it comes to hey, what's done is done. I'm not gonna let that game beat me up. We have bigger things to attend to, and again, rookie. First rookie since Andy Mogan, Grand fear to win a playoff game. But that composure he'll have when it comes to game one against Vegas. It's going to be fun to watch. It is absolutely going to be fun to see. And again, the depth, the the guys putting up points, Kyle, uh, Kyle Yamamoto, Clem Costin, offense in other areas are how you're going to see this team go deep. 2022, we saw how, don't get me wrong, yes, dry play great again. Yes, McDavid is still the captain. These guys are still the game breakers. They're still the supernovas who can turn your water off instantly. But in 2022, you didn't have three to four lines you rely upon. You didn't have that instant offense and the instant connectivity like you had now, which you're getting from the Costins and Derek Ryans Nick Buke's dads, etc. etc. This has been a uh, change team. And if you're Jay Woodcroft right now, you're smiling. If you're Jay Woodcroft, you have something special right now from this franchise. And I'm seeing a lot of capital letters. <laughs> 44 Dill. Came here for Zach, stayed for Avery. I appreciate that. I appreciate your staying and seeing my to, to watch my mug. On your screen tonight at 11 10 p.m. Pacific time. And once again, big shout out to producer Robert. He's here helping me out once again, 1 10 a.m. Eastern time. We appreciate all of Robert's work. It's not easy to do so many of these game overs, and especially down in the playoffs when, hey, if this game went to triple overtime, it could have been, it probably would have been just been me getting the show going, which I can do, but I appreciate the help here on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it was just a fun game. But again, I see what I love in the chat as well, too. A lot, of, a lot of props to the LA Kings in the chat as well, too. Uh, Ravina Brar, huge respect to LA. Again, a very fun series. And it's funny because I remember coming into this year, I thought the Kings might, might take a step back after that loss. But no, what Tom McClellan has done for the LA Kings roster and those veterans on that core have played Martin wonderfully. They had a great series. And Quentin Byfield, the guy, guys like Kim Fiala, Quentin Byfield, Matt Roy, these are guys who I was really impressed with. Quentin Byfield again got his chances. He scored in this series. I'm a huge you all know I'm a huge Quentin Byfield stand. What I saw from him, he has a place in this LA Kings lineup for a very long time. It's only a taste of what he's done as a NHL hockey player. We know we had a little bit of time in the, in the in the AHL with Ontario, but his game is coming along nicely. And now, <laughs> and now, hey, those of you who were downtown at the Moss Pit, hope you are behaving yourselves because I saw some footage out there of people earlier, before the game began, people who were working down the barricades, storming into the Moss Pit, the party, everything. Behave yourselves because we want to make sure these parties last the entire postseason. I don't want to hear about the party that been shut down. There's no more watch events because y'all were too busy breaking down the barriers. When they say it's full, it's full. But, <laughs> again, and I also, too, looking at the Oilers' power play, we struck once again nine power play goals in this series. At one point, Edmonton's power play was operating at 61%. Glenn Billiton, take a bow, sir. Take about for what you've done with all the special teams because you are—you had a key hand in the best power play in the history of the NHL. And once again, in this first-round series, it was so tough for LA to stop this power play. Try as they might. It is scary when you see the power play once set up and Leon Dreisaitl goes to that... When Leon Drysail swings wide and sets up for the one timer, there are very few things in life more scary than Leon Drysail setting up there. You know it's coming, and being unable to stop that one timer. In terms of one timers, I would say one, two. You got to be Obi's one timer, and then Drysail's. Those two are so dang hard to stop. It's no reason. It's no wonder why Connor. It's no reason car Connor. No wonder why Leon almost broke Tim Kerr's record for the most power play goals of the season. I know he slowed down in a, a couple of games, but that record was in some real trouble of falling this year. I really thought Leon was going to get to 35 power play goals the way he was playing, and you know what? He might still next year. Don't count him out getting to 35 next year. Remember. Leon and Connor are not even close to 30 years old yet. There might be levels we still have not seen from these two. If you're, that should terrify the rest of the league that these guys might get better still. That should be a a very very scary proposition if you're an opposing team, if you're an opposing GM, if you're an opposing fan. Period. But and again for Edmonton. Not only did they find a way to, again, win the series in six, you go on the road in a very hostile crypto.com arena, a place that I think we all saw, we all heard. I know people don't want to, sometimes people don't want to give fans too much credit, but that's a hostile building. That's a building that can impact you. It's a building which Edmonton has has had tough losses in before in the regular season and in the playoffs. Overcoming that and getting a massive win on the road. To close out a series. Granted, a thing that they've done before, they did before last year in Calgary, they silenced the Saddle Dome in the second round, McDavid's overtime winner, but doing it again, building up the momentum. And hey, a three-day break. Something that favored LA more. That that break due to the NBA playoffs favored the Kings way more than the Oilers after game five. And Edmonton still finds a way to get past that, score the first goal, not bit be- not break when la tied this game up multiple times. That goes to show how different this team is because in not only last year but in seasons prior, Edmonton, they were prone to not only bending but breaking when they would face adversity of that level. This team didn't break. this team didn't break. In a game that, once again, of course, yes, there were all the penalties, but it was a game in which officiating was very it left a lot, it left a lot to be desired on both sides. On both sides, it left a lot to be desired for both Edmonton and LA. And if you're NHL, like I don't know what more you can do right now because this entire postseason, not just Edmonton and LA, but other series. The officiating, the discipline, has just been straight up asinine. Like I don't know what we're what I know I know we're watching, but I don't know what the league is doing. I really don't. To Devi for one second, great example. The discipline, the Jordan Everett hit on Andrew Cogliano. Andrew Cogliano has a fractured neck, and discipline from that is not befitting of what happened on that play. I'm just baffled. And I really hope that we don't have to have these debates or these discussions anymore come the second round because that LA, that series of Edmonton-Vegas is going to be a very fun display of skill. It is going to be so much fun. And I mentioned, I know I mentioned uh, McDavid and Eichel, but there's so much more of that. Again, you got Dreisaitl, you got Newton Hopkins, Kane, um, um, Zach Hyman, but then again too, we're gonna get Phil the Thrill Kessel. I don't get me wrong, I don't care what age he is, I still love watching Phil Kessel in the postseason. I I'm a fan of his. He's a guy who I thought was gonna be an Orler this year. I thought he would be been a great Edmonton Orler. goes to Vegas. But man, that is gonna be so many storylines to see uh for Edmonton and Vegas. That's a series I hopefully, you know, I would love to be down there for one game. And again, I know we're going to get... We're going to eventually... We're going to eventually get back Dennis helping out with Game Over. You're going to get all of us back eventually, so... But no, it's fun here. It's like old times again with me doing a nice solo show on Game Over Edmonton. But again, I I do feel good for for Stuart Skinner and what he has done in a year in which he's an NHL All-Star. He takes the starting goaltender's job. And even before the tying goal. Skinner made some great saves on earlier LA Kings power plays when the game was 3-1. He made a couple of big pad saves, made a couple of big blocker saves. And you're seeing, as the season goes on, um, Stuart Skinner's game, you're seeing, even, at t- even though at times there are some rookie mistakes, there are some plays where you might cringe, you're seeing him gain more confidence in his net. You're seeing him make timely glove saves. And again, I just want to see how much more his game will evolve in Edmonton's net. I remember, I remember the bubble season, 2020, 2021. I remember that year where they had Skinner play the one game against Douglas Senators. And you could see, you could see that, you know, yes, Edmonton won. But, who? you could tell, oh, he needs a little bit more work. It was a work in progress. Because the goals Ottawa scored him in that 8-5 game, they weren't pretty. They were, they were ugly goals. But Stewart went down to the AHL, some more time in Bakersfield, became a dominant goaltender in the AHL. And even with tonight, I see signs of Stewart really being the number one guy. And now people are, I see, I've i been seeing the question marks now for next season in terms of, uh, we saw what happened in Winnipeg with Connor Hellebuck. And I'm seeing questions now of, do we have a Hellebuck trade to Winnipeg? Does Edmonton try to get Connor Hellebuck or try to bring him in some way somehow? And I do think I do think you do get one more year of Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell, but I don't know. Like I, I think it would be fun to see a tandem of a good old fashioned, uh, uh, sorry, Stuart Skinner and Connor Hellebuck. That would be fun to watch if those two did get the reign Then Edmonton, of course, obviously. Hellebuck probably still want to be a number one goaltender, but that would be fun to watch. But I do think we do get one more year of Skinner and Campbell in net. And I'm seeing comment here from from MGD. Orlers have 10 players at least one goal to start the playoffs. That is great. That is a great sign. We already saw I in my, one of my last articles in Hockey News, I read about how we had 12 Edmonton forwards who scored 10 or more goals in regular season. And now you've got 10 players on this roster scoring in the postseason in the first round. This is just six games. You've got 10 different Oralists scoring. That is great to see. That is great to see. And yeah, no, but the series against Vegas is going to be a great test to see if this team really is meant to have a deep run where in which you're getting back to the Western Conference Final or to the Cup Final. And that road, that road Might get a little bit easier if, say, for example, we have another game, we have more game sevens coming up on Sunday. The Avalanche are playing a game seven tomorrow night. I know they forced a game seven, but I was one of of the few people who said this would go seven. If the Kraken knock out Colorado tomorrow night, if the Kraken win, that Western Conference road to the cup final for Edmonton gets very. Very interesting. I mean, yes, you have to deal with still Vegas, still Seattle possibly, still Dallas, but Colorado out the way? Oh, my goodness. That is Batman gift stroking your chin. That's an interesting road. And also, too, an Eastern Conference, Florida-Boston. If the Panthers shock the world and come back from 3-1, you get out of the Western Conference It's a crapshoot in terms of who you're facing in the East. So, but hey, gotta gotta crawl before you can run. You know, however however, however the saying goes, walk before you run, run before you crawl, run before you fly. You know the drill. Either way, task at hand right now, task at hand right now is the Vegas Golden Knights for the Edmonton Oilers in a series of which, and you know what though? Even though this series is going to start in Vegas, Edmonton this year, They've got a lot of good luck. They've they've had a good record winning in Vegas, historically. They do really well playing on the road against the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm not too worried about that from that aspect. It might be better for them right now if they take those first... I think it, it's going to be big, although, for the Oilers to take those first two games on the road uh, in front of a rowdy Vegas crowd. We talk about the atmosphere in, in Edmonton being nuts. We talk about the atmosphere in... Toronto, and L.A. being electric. Vegas. A Vegas Golden Knights crowd. I've been there. I've been to Vegas to watch NHL hockey from well before puck drop. Well before puck drop. That is a lively crowd. They have a parade to the rink before every game. Drumline. band. It's a fun market. I know people, if you've never been to a game in Las Vegas, Nevada, you have to go because they embrace the over-the-top elements of what Vegas is supposed to be, and that's from before puck drop, warm ups, in game. If you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, you're fired up for that thing. But it's a fun market to be in, though. It is absolutely fun, and I know, I know, we teased, I know we teased Audie coming on the show tonight, but under the weather, so we'll we'll try to get Audi back on again and. For the record, I know we are talking about Audi on, Joe, and there is no curse. There is no curse of Audie James on opposing game over streams. It does not exist. Audie can come on and the home team can win. I know he came on before game over Edmonton, where he always lost. I know he came on game over Winnipeg, in which the Winnipeg Jets lost. But Audie, there is no curse. There is no curse. Even though you he didn't appear on this show, we teased him coming on. Some were concerned even teasing him on might get bad juju, but no, it didn't happen. Any host can come on any show and they will not affect what happens in between the blue and black and red paint. Doesn't exist. So Audie, you're more welcome to come on when you're healthy again, to come on a game over, and if we need you. Uh during this Vegas series, you are more than welcome to hop on the show. Oh my gosh. Of course, we got a, one more very important announcement. We've been, of course. Oh, sorry, one second here gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. There we go. Oh, there we go. All right, before we as we wrap the we start we start to wind things down, as you've all seen here on game over shows. We're raising money for the Alphabet Sports Collective throughout the whole Stanley Cup playoffs. Alphabet Sports Collective creates a safe and inclusive environment in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions, your education, community building, and mobilization. You can donate to Alphabet Sports Collective in the link in the chat. We want to help out as much as we can. It's amazing what they've all been doing, what Brock has done. It's an amazing initiative. Donate if you can. We love helping out the Alphabet Sports Collective. They are a great group of people trying to make hockey. Truly, everybody. They're putting in the work. Donate. Oh man, but I'm I'm fired up right now. I'm I'm usually the more calm one on Game Over Edmontons. It's more usually Zach. It's Dennis. I try to be the more level-headed journalist, button up things, you know. I'm the I'm the one who, you know. Tells the world's gonna be all right, but I gotta fill the void tonight of Zach and no Dennis tonight. I gotta fill that void. But I see. Got a few more comments here from the from the usual people here in the chat. Yeah. Uh. What you do? we else see got here? Oh yeah. For the love. For the love of life. Kings. A uh, night season ticket holder here. Seen a ton of night nice spoilers games. And always give you guys respect, win or lose. Appreciate that comment. Appreciate that comment. And, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, the Nevada hockey culture down there, it's fun. I've covered games. I profiled UNLV hockey for out like a couple of years ago. Even college hockey. Even college hockey, they packed a bar in there. So, yeah, no. Uh, great fan base down there. I know it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of Orla fans down there because those who don't know, Albertans, I know you're talking about the Snowbirds, who are Albertans, who live in Florida, who live in California, who live in Arizona. The Snowbirds in Edmonton. Edmonton has flocked over Vegas. Ask anybody. When visiting teams come to T-Mobile Arena, you hear the most. You, I know Leaf fans do well, Hab fans do well, Canucks fans do well. No, it's the Orler fans who take over that area by T-Mobile Arena on that promenade. By um by New York, New York, it's always a seat. You swear you're back in Alberta when you go to a game in Vegas. So it's gonna be fun. It is going to absolutely be fun for that series here. Oh my gosh! And now and now I'm seeing more people floating the idea of oh we're one step closer now to a Toronto Edmonton Cup final. One step closer. I again. I said before on on game over, on third intermission, on zone time, be careful saying that because this country will be in shambles if we do get Toronto and Edmonton playing for a Stanley Cup come June. I, the SDPN. The SDPN is going to be divided between Toronto and those who don't want Toronto to win – and those who want Edmonton to win, the network is going to be chaotic if we do get that as a Stanley Cup final. Again, I, I'm I've i said before, I said to Robert, I said to SDPN guys, that happens. I'm coaching the studio. I'm crashing the set. I'm putting my feet up on that new desk for the new brick studio. I'm saying what's good if we do get Toronto and Edmonton in the Cup final. It's going to happen. <laughs> it is going to happen. But, you know, we're going to... Wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. And as always, like if you like the content, please help us out. All the Game Over streams, like, share, comment, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies about what we're doing here on SDPN. So until next time, until round two, I'm Avery Lewis McDougall. Thank y'all for tuning in. Orlers, who going to play the Vegas gold Knights after a big 5-4 win over the LA Kings. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.